Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. How many of you are ready for the word of the Lord today? I'm excited about today. We are in a series called Lean In. This is part two of our series, uh, Lean In. And I want to give a big shout out to Dr. Deering. Did an incredible, incredible job. How many of you enjoyed that message last week? So good. If you haven't listened to it, it's one that you definitely want to go back and listen to maybe even a couple of times. But uh, the first message in this new series called Lean In, I talked about the importance of a prepared heart in order to hear God speak. One of the questions I'm asked all the time as a pastor is, how do I know if I've heard from the Lord? Or how do I, how do I know it's God speaking and it's not just myself or the, you know, the pizza that I ate last night? This question comes up all the time. And so if you missed number one, go back a couple of weeks ago and listen and listen to that. But our key scripture is found in John chapter 10 and verse 3. It says this, and this is Jesus speaking, so pay close attention. It says this, that the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. I want you to know, church, as I've been speaking for a long time now, we live in a day and a time where we need to hear God's voice now more clearly than we have in years past. We need to know what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And one of the beautiful things that I like to extract out of this passage of Scripture is this. I am so grateful that God knows my name. Right? Isn't that what it says? Uh, 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 it says this, da, 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 da. the gatekeeper opens the gate and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls out his own sheep by name and he leads them out. So today the title of the message is, he speaks to me. He speaks to me. When you think about effective communication, there's two parts to it. There's, there's somebody on the talking end and there's somebody on the listening or the hearing end. If you have a breakdown on the communication portion or the hearing portion, then you don't have effective, uh, you don't have effective uh, communication. If, if, if somebody's not speaking and the other person's not listening, then you don't have effective communication. In fact, my wife was just telling me I've been having this little ear issue, and she's like, man, and I just turned 50 and she's like, she's like, man, you, you, you're not hearing very well. To, to which I responded, huh? I'm glad somebody laughed at that. It's kind of how I saw it in my mind. But this is a crazy idea. The idea that God himself, the creator of all things that have ever been created, wants to speak to me. I mean, I wrestle with that. It's a beautiful thought, but it's also crazy. Like he spoke everything that is into existence, and he wants to use that same voice to speak to me. 
So my prayer is, is during this series, the rest of the series, that we would just lean in. You know, when somebody says lean in, what they're saying is, is like, listen, pay attention. Give your attention. Lean in. Listen up, because what I'm, what I'm telling you, what I'm fixing to share with you is very, very important. And I'm telling you that the Lord is speaking today. 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 1 is the, is the scripture that we're going to be spending time in. Actually, 1 Samuel chapter 3, several verses of it. But go ahead and turn your Bible there if you've got it now. If you don't, we've got it on the screen behind me. It says this, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Eli was the priest at that time. And it says, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. There was, there were a lot, there, there was not a lot going out in the area of visions or the voice of God going out for a lot of different reasons. There was, there was a lot of painful things taking place in this period of time. Also, Eli had a couple of sons that, that even, you know, uh, even in the church, there was sin taking place and there wasn't a lot of corrective action or, 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 or coaching or, or challenging people to, you know, to, you know, to do away with their sin and turn back to the Lord. And so God didn't speak much, I believe, because of some of these things. Verse 2 says this, One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak, so weak that he could barely see, he was lying in his usual place. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called out to Samuel. Samuel answered and said, Here I am. So, so I want you to know this, that Samuel was bedded down in a place called the Holy of Holies. It was the place where the actual presence of God was. And so this really grabs a hold of his heart's desire to be close to God, to listen to God's voice, to hear God's voice, even as a young boy. You know, it's interesting, Stan, you had asked your son, Matthew, how old were you whenever I, when I began to ask you and your brother? And I remember that. And your, your eldest son, he, he chose to, to be an usher at that time. And Matthew chose to, to get into the, uh, into the worship ministry. But how old was he? He was 12 years old. Do you know this, that scholars believe that Samuel was 12 years old when this was taking place? I just thought that was super interesting. And so... So Samuel's bedded down in the Holy of Holies. Eli's in his place, and, and, and he's about 12 years old, Samuel is. And the first time that he hears this, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel raises up, and he says, here I am. And he ran to Eli, the priest, and he said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, go back to bed. I didn't call you. Go lay back down. I had a hard time going to sleep, and now you woke me back up again. Go back to bed. And so he did, and again, the Lord called out to Samuel, this 12-year-old boy, and Samuel got up and ran back to Eli and said, here I am, you called me? My son Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Once again, he's 12 years old. Even though he had been dedicated to the Levitical ministry, he had never had up to this point a revelation, a direct revelation you know, from God. And so, so he's hearing the voice, but he's running to the priest and saying, okay, here I am. Are you playing jokes with me? Are you playing games with me, me here? And, uh, and it goes on to say that the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to this young boy. A third time, the Lord called Samuel 
And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord that was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go lay down, and if he calls you again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Do you, I'm just going to pause there for a second. Like This is the best response that you and I can have when God speaks to us is to give him your full, undivided attention and said, here I am, Lord, you know, speak to me. And then whenever he reveals exactly what it is that he's wanting you to do, the best thing that you can do is obey. How many of you know that we have a lot of people struggling with hearing from God today, but we have just as many people struggling with obeying what it is that the Lord says? In fact, the Lord will speak, and, 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 and what we'll do is we'll go around to everybody else that we know, maybe the, the pastors or the priests or the, or the moms and dads in our life, and says, well, what do you think when you know that you heard from the Lord the first time, right? And so when you know that you've heard from God, the best thing that you can do is obey what it is that he said. So Samuel went, and he laid down again in his place, and the Lord came and stood there. The presence of God was right there. His voice was there. His presence was there. And calling as, the, as at all the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something. I'm about to do something. I am so grateful that we serve an announcing God. A God that announces what it is that he's going to do. Come on, he came to Moses. What did he say? Moses, I'm fixing to do something. I've been hearing, I've been hearing the cries of my people that have been in bondage and slavery in Egypt for 400 years. I'm about to do something. I'm going to bring him out. He came to Mary. What did he say to Mary? Mary, I'm fixing to do something. I'm going to, through you, give you a son, come on, that is going to take away, wash away the sins of the world, that anybody that would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Come on, he is an announcing God. I remember being, I, I've chilled out a whole bunch in my, in my older age. I don't know if I've told you this, but I'm 50 now. I say it about three times every service. I'm 50 now. You know what I love about being 50? Is you can pretty much get away. This is the starting age where you can start saying things to people, and they just kind of, you know, he's 50. You ever talk to some like an 80-year-old says something, you're just like, yeah, and then you're just like, well, they're 80. And you can go to bed at 8.30, and nobody's going to think twice, you know, think anything, anything different of you. But I used to be an announcing dad. My kids, you know, they, I would tell them to do something and they wouldn't do it. And, I'd be, and I would say it like, I'd say, boy, if I got to get up off this couch and put these lazy potato chips down, it's going to get ugly in here. It's going to get ugly. Verse 15, I love it. Samuel laid back down after he knew who it was that he was talking to. Samuel laid back down until morning, and then guess what he did? He did what he had done every day prior to that. 
He got up and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He continued doing what he had always done. And so it's not about title. It's not about authority. It's not about position. It's not about bragging rights. It's about relationship. Relationship and closeness that he had desired so much. My question is this. Why a 12-year-old? Why a 12-year-old? And why a 12-year-old that doesn't recognize the voice of the Lord like on the first try? He gave him a chance, and then he gave him another chance, and he gave him another chance. And then the priest had to explain to him, and he gave him a fourth chance, which he got, he got, he got correct. He, was, he, you know, he, he gave the proper response to. But why a 12-year-old, and why so many chances? I don't know why. But I know this, that this really helps me with my walk with God. Because if I was going to be honest with you, in my prayer time, sometimes I really struggle with the idea that God wants to speak to me. If I was just going to be honest with you, but, but you're a pastor. Yeah, but I'm a pastor that is really true about my own shortcomings and my struggles. I'm a pastor that as much forgiveness as I've received, I can never get completely out of my mind what it is that I did before I gave my heart to the Lord. And oh, by the way, some of my shortcomings that I've had after I've given my heart to the Lord. Right? So why would God want to speak to me as something that really I have wrestled with from time to time? Other times, it's like, of course, man, God wants us. And I hear God's voice clearly. But I'm telling you, one of the issues that we have is when we begin to compare ourselves with other people. Because really, like, 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 wouldn't God just want to speak to the very elite, like the giants of the faith? You know, those people that are so well studied that they know the Greek and they know the Hebrew and they know the Latin and they know, they know, like, that's not me. And oh, God, by the way, you know everything, you know every sin that I've ever committed. And thank God you will throw them as far as the east is from the west, never to be brought up against me again. But sometimes in my prayer time, I think God knows all of that somehow, some way that should exclude me. But I want you to know this, that if you've ever thought that too, it doesn't. God loves you because he loves you. He doesn't love you based on, on your performance, right? God loves you for who you are. I read 1 Samuel 3 and it fills me with hope that he's speaking to this young boy, 12 years old. The boy didn't even recognize it was him one, two three times on the fourth time he did. See, I wish that I was always on point, but I'm grateful that God speaks again. We serve a speak again God. And for somebody here, I just know that I know that I know, like that's the part of the message that you need to, you, that you need to listen to the most. It's like you know he's spoken to you, but you didn't recognize it, or you recognized it and you just went the other way. I'm telling you, he's a speak again God. So I want to give you some thoughts. I want to give you five thoughts this morning that will encourage you on your journey with the Lord. Number one, and we got to go through these rather quickly, but go ahead and lean in real quick and take good notes. Number one, a heart of humility ushers in the voice of God. I want you to know this, that humility prepares the soil 
for you to hear God's voice more clearly. Humility is so very, very important. You know, on, number, on the first message, I shared with you that, you know, if you're talking about a farmer, you know, taking the same seed and planting it in different, different soil types, right? The success of, the, of, the, of the, uh, the harvest is not going to be in the seed. The success is in the soil, because you can take the same seed and plant half of it in this field, which is just trashed and the soil's not any good, and take the other half of the seed and plant it in this field that has been prepared, right? It's been well fertilized. See, the success of the seed is not in the seed, it's in the soil. The harvest is going to depend more on the soil than it is going to be in the seed. And so, so our lives, you know, we are the soil, Right, So we've got to prepare our hearts to hear. And I'm just telling you, one way that you want to prepare your life is that your life is a life of humility. right? Pride, which is the opposite of humility, comes before a fall. And, and God is calling us to be humble, and a heart of humility helps to usher in the voice of God. It's interesting to me that God did not choose to speak to the established religion of the day. Eli had had great experience as a priest, right? Eli had walked with God for a long period of time. He had a lot of experience, but he also had some, some things that he was not dealing with in his life. He didn't go, God didn't go to the established religion. Come on, he went to the, young, the, the youth of a boy. Eli had some sons that were sinning against God, actually stealing from God, and he didn't bring corrective action you know to them and 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 address that properly but uh but i'm just telling you this that god chooses the young god chooses the young you know we really challenge our youth don't look down upon you know just being young we we just heard it here today matthew uh, uh, jana started music lessons at seven and it's brought her to where she is today Matthew made the decision to get into the, the music ministry, pursue that at the age of 12. It's brought him where, where he is today. A lot of decisions that we make when we're young. So some of us are like, well, listen, we missed that. Like, like, I'm not young anymore. Somebody told me on my 50th birthday, they said, welcome to the half century club. I'm like, you didn't have to say that. You didn't have to say that. In fact, I was a little bit angry over that for a little bit. I was like, you didn't have to point that out like that, you know? You could have said, like, you're a young 50. I would have received that a whole lot better. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how old you are, how many years you are, how many of you know that you can still be young at heart? How many people do we have over the age of 50 that are young at heart, right? Over the age of 60 that are young at heart, right? Come on now, right? You can be young at heart. You can be young in the faith, the Bible says about our faith that we're supposed to approach God with a childlike faith. Come on, remember when your kids just believed everything you said because they believed in you and, and that you would never let them down? A childlike faith, right? Super powerful. We want to be young with generosity, energy, worship, faith, all of these things. I think it's interesting. I think it was Luke chapter 18. Where, where the children are, are, are coming to Jesus and all the disciples are saying, get, get those kids away, get, get them away. And, and Jesus turns to him and says, listen, bring those kids to me, bring them to me. 
Because unless somebody approaches me like one of these kids, they will not receive the kingdom of God. Right? So we've got to approach God even with that same childlike faith. The longer you walk with God, now listen, this is, this is a challenge to people that have walked with God for a long period of time. The longer that you've walked with God, there is a temptation, and that temptation increases to view yourself as a professional. And you know this, that if you begin to view yourself as a professional follower of Jesus Christ, you will miss out on so many things. And I have seen this. In fact, I've seen this recently a few different times where people have walked with God so long, their approach to whatever it is that we're doing is such that, you know what, this is so beneath me. I have done, you don't even know how much I have done, but this, this is like so elementary compared to what it is that I've done. I want you to think about that for a second. Do you ever want to consider yourself as a professional Christian? As somebody that's a, a pro whenever it comes to the faith. I'm telling you that, uh, that that's a dangerous place to be. And, and this is a quote by a great philosopher. The quote is this. If your heart's not tended to, your experience can rob from you. That great philosopher is Travis Turner. Travis Turner. I came up with that myself, guys. I was so, put that on a shirt. Put that on a shirt. If your heart's not tended to, your very experience can rob from you. Like you can get to the point when the place where it's like, man, I've been there. I know it all. I've seen all that can be seen, right? And we all know this. You can't teach an old dog what? New tricks. Man, when it comes to the kingdom of God, please never let that be our approach. Please never let that be our approach, right? Today, we live in a day and a time where self is elevated. In fact, I was doing some, 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 some I, was, I was listening to SOS radio. Anybody listen to that throughout the week? I was listening to SOS this last week, and this was the question on SOS. When will the selfie go away? And the answer, never. The selfie has come and it's never going to go away. Do you, and so it caused me to dive a little bit deeper into the selfie. Do you know this, that there are 90 million selfies taken every single day? 90 million of these. Ooh, I don't like that one. Delete. Delete. Got to get the lighting just right. 90 million selfies a day. In fact, there is a, there is a, you can YouTube selfies gone wrong. Maybe you shouldn't do that, but selfies gone wrong. And it talks about stories where people have called in sick and then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? They're at the beach taking a selfie on the day that they're supposed to be sick. Selfies gone wrong. Also, selfies, people... People dying because of the selfie. Like the last thing that, 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 that a person, you know, it's shown was them taking a selfie and then there was an accident. Do you know this, that last year 50 people died in the United States from selfies. 50 people passed away because of the selfie. And so listen, my challenge is this. When you take yourself out of the spotlight, you will hear God more clearly. Number two is this. Every verse speaks God's voice. 
I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I don't have a lot of time. But the number one way that we grow in relationship is time spent and communication. The number one way, if you want to know the Lord better and grow in a stronger relationship with God, is time spent and communication. And I'm telling you that every single verse in your Bible speaks of God's voice. And so when I hear somebody say, man, I just don't hear God's voice like you hear God's voice. One of the first questions that I ask, you know what that is, Daniel? I ask, how much time have you been spending in the word? Because I'm telling you, God's word is a love letter to you. And, and if you will begin, and it might not just, just open up you know, immediately right when you begin to, to read. But if you will spend time in God's word, right, you will hear the voice of the Lord. Number three is this. Value God's voice above all other voices. We live in such a day where there's so many voices competing for our attention all the stinking time, right? And I'm just saying we have to come to a place where we value God's voice above every other voice. we got to eliminate competing voices. So Samuel, if you'll, if you'll listen to the backstory of Samuel, right, his mom was actually barren. She was not able to have children. And she found herself at Shiloh, and she was desperately wanting a child. And so, so she was crying out to God, and she was, God, if you will just, if you will just bless me with a child. And she, she was acting in such a way that people were telling her to hush up, and she's making a scene. And they actually thought, Joe, that she had been drinking, that she was drunk, right? And so she's crying out to the Lord in desperation, God, if you will give me a child, I promise you, if you'll give me a son, I'll dedicate him to your service. And so that's exactly what happened. One year later, she was having a child. And then at probably right around the age of three, after he was weaned off of her, she brought him back to Eli, the priest, come on, to, to, to be devoted to um, the work of the Lord. And so that's why he was even at the place that he was at when he heard the voice of the Lord call out to him four different times. Why was he in the presence of God? Because he had a praying mom. And I want this to be a challenge to, you know, to all the moms and all the dads and all the grandmoms and, and, and all the granddads and, and, and all the brothers and all the sisters. If you have somebody that does not know the Lord, Continue to pray for them. Come on, prayer is the greatest thing that you can do. And I'm telling you this, that God has proven to me time and time again that he is able to reach anybody at any time. Amen? How many of you are surprised that you're saved? I'm like surprised I'm saved. I'm like, and guess what? Like, I know, I know why I'm saved. I know my grandmother which was a praying woman. She was not an out front person, but this woman knew how to pray unlike anybody I've ever known. And I know for a fact that she interceded. And, and my name, my name, along with many others, come on, was brought before the Lord on probably thousands and thousands of occasions. And I believe that the Lord answers the prayers of his people. Amen? Doesn't make any sense. But I'm telling you, and, and the Lord loves me, probably loves me more than anybody in here. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. You got to look at yourself as special from time to time, right? All right. 
God's not a yeller. He's not a screamer, right? We're always telling, man, I wish God would just turn up his volume. I wish he would turn up the volume. And he's saying, listen, turn down your life. Your life is too, is, 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 is too chaotic. There's too many things going on. And if you would just turn down your life and, and lean in, come on. Why is it a still small voice instead of a, 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 you know, a shout through a loudspeaker? Because a still small voice requires intimacy. It requires close proximity. And God doesn't want to talk to you across the room. He wants to get, he wants to get together with you intimately, just you and him in that room and, and, and be in close proximity. That's why it's, it's that still small voice. And that's why it's important. We just finished this last week, 10 days of prayer. This is why it's important whenever we have these these moments where we collectively come together, that you, that you do everything that you can to be involved in, in these times of prayer. It was so powerful. It was so beautiful. In fact, on the 11th day, I missed going to prayer like, like we had the previous 10 days. I want you to know in January, January 1 through 21, we're going to do 21 days of prayer. And I, I'm begging you. I'm asking you. You know, if you've never done anything like that, how in the world do you pray for an hour? It's super easy, super easy, right? But, but put this on your calendar and say, you know what? For the first 21 days of January of 2022, I'm going to, I'm going to devote myself to, to prayer every single morning from 6 to 7. Amen? Number four is this. Distribute what God says. Distribute. Give away. Share what it is that God is sharing with you. If you have a word, share it. Over a year ago, I began to, to speak to our church that, that, uh, that this year is going to require more of us than any other year, right? We've got to get back to the basics, and I'm still sharing that. You know, why? Because the Lord impressed it on my heart, and so I'm giving it to you. I was just shared a story this last week, and I won't give all the details, but Jordan Cook, there's a family in the Cook family, or a, a, a family member in the Cook family that's dealing with some health issues. And I believe it was even in the area of cancer. And, um, and, and they were all together and just kind of praying. And, and Jordan, you'd have to know him of all the cooks, like he's the quiet cook. If there is, that's an that's a oxymoron, you know what I'm saying? But he's the quiet one. He is the, he is the, the one that, 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 that speaks the least. And, uh, and he's the quietest. And then all of a sudden he gets up and he just says, I feel like God showed me that we need to command these cells to get in order over this situation. And so one of the twins said, okay, listen, God showed it to you. You go ahead and, and pray out. And Jordan, the quiet one, prayed with power and with authority. And, 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 just, and just, it wasn't a quick prayer. It was, it was a powerful prayer filled with belief because he was sharing what it is that God had showed him. Well, this is the cool thing. Fast forward a little bit of time. And then all of a sudden, this person goes in to get checked and no sign of cancer. Come on, no sign of cancer. I just absolutely, I absolutely just love that. Right? Why does God do that? I don't know, but it's really cool that he does it. It's really, really cool that he does it. So distribute what he says. I want you to know this, that your life is a bridge that connects people to life, which is found in Jesus Christ. 
You know, you take a look at the Golden Gate Bridge, and there's 40 million people that cross that bridge every single day. Could you imagine the journey that they would have to take if that Golden Gate Bridge wasn't, wasn't there, wasn't present? 40 million people. Do you know 11 people died whenever they were constructing the Golden Gate Bridge? 11 people gave their life while they were building that bridge. And I'm just saying this. That your, the bridge that your life represents is much more significant and much more powerful than that bridge. And I'm telling you what, that your life will be used as a bridge to bring people to a place of eternal life instead of eternal damnation. Amen? God has called you and saved you, and now he wants to use you so that he can reach other people as well. Number five, and this is the last one. Number five is this, do what God says to do. You know, there's a great book that many of you have read because we, anybody that's ever having marital problems and issues, this is one of the go-tos that we really encourage people to read. It's The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. It's a great book. It talks about how you speak in the language that you like to be spoken to, but that language may not be your partner's primary language. Can I tell you this, that God's primary language his love language is obedience. Like he loves it when we obey. He loves it whenever we trust him enough and we just say, you know what, God, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I remember when I was first saved many, many, many years ago, there was this like thing going through the church and people were like afraid to ask God, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? They wouldn't ask God that question because everybody was afraid they would be sent to Africa. He might send me to Africa. But do you know this? That if God is really calling you to Africa, Africa is the best place that you can be. And Africa is going to be the place where you find your, your greatest purpose. Right? Where you're used the most. Where you're satisfied. Come on. The, the, you know, the, the most. I'm telling you that when you obey, this is what I have found. When I obey, I walk in power, destiny, and clarity unlike any other time. Come on, when I know I've, I, I should have done something and I, I didn't do it, there's not much power there. There's not much clarity. I'm telling you, the best thing that you can do is just obey what it is that the Lord is, is, uh, is sharing with you. Verse 19 says this, the Lord was with Samuel. So this is, this is towards the end of his life. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested. He was proven as a prophet of the Lord. Why? Because all of his life, I will do what you say. I will go where you tell me to go. I will trust you, Lord. I will obey. And so when it says that, that, that none of Samuel's words would fall to the ground or fell to the ground. What that means is that when he was a voice, when he was a mouthpiece for the Lord, like he didn't get it wrong. If he prophesied and said something was gonna happen, those words didn't fall to the ground being of no use. Exactly what it is that he said, that's exactly what happened. Amen? I want you to know this, that, that God wants to use you, maybe not in that specific way, but in a significant way. Amen? 
God wants to use you and he desires to use you. I'm going to close just with a, with a quick story. This came from Dana Hammer. Dana in the back. He's at, back running our media booth. Just wave. Dana's about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, probably 6'9", really. I don't know. He's a big guy. Played for Boise State Broncos. Got the ring whenever we won the championship. Come on, somebody. Love that. I keep asking him from time to time if he'll let me wear it, but uh, he won't. <laughs> but Dana is my connection to, to like Marvel Comics and, and DC Comics. And anytime a, a movie comes out, he's like, hey, Pastor T, I got to get you educated up on this. Because I just don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not... I'm not in the know, and so he's my connection. He's like, it's time we go to another movie. So he called me just this last week, and he said, uh, he said, hey, let's go grab a show. And I'm like, dude, I can't. My, my week is slam busy. There's nothing I'd rather do, but I can't. We got we to gotta postpone it. So we started talking about, about comic books. Like there was a day and a time when I was, when I was young, there was a time where all of my friends, a lot of the guys that I hung out with, they collected these comic books. I, I wasn't much of a reader, but I was just like, man, that's kind of a cool thing. I want to collect some comic books. But they had theirs in these sleeves, and it's almost like they never took them out. They were in mint condition. I'll never forget that. Mint. What is this mint condition? Well, that means it's just, it's mint. It's like, it's like it just came off the press. There's no wrinkles, no crinkles, no dirty hands. And so, so I got all these sleeves and I bought about six comic books because I wasn't into it. I was trying to be like somebody else. And, and, and I couldn't keep them clean because I liked the pictures. I wasn't real good at reading. But I kept messing them up. And, and then it reminded me, I moved to... I moved to a place called Baker City, Oregon. And I lived there for a short period of time when I was, when I was a kid. And, and it just reminded me from our conversation that there was a neighbor kid that we had. His name was Rex Rogers. And how many of you guys remember the, like the little army, army figures? Like they were always, they were stationary. You know, I think I even got a picture. Yeah, there we go. That's bad right there, right there. That brings back some great memories. How many of you remember G.I. Joe? See, Rex, he had all this stuff. We both had all this stuff. But Rex, Rex was like this guy over here. He had his stuff, like, not, in a, not hanging on a wall, but he had his stuff in a box, and every little action figure had, every G.I. Joe had its own little space. And, and, and Rex, Rex kept him there. There was a time where I was like really envious and jealous because every single thing that Rex had had its own little place in its own little space. And, and all of the stuff that I had, like, like I didn't have a box for my action figures to live in. My action figures lived in the backyard and I may have even forgotten where they were for a week or two at a time. Where did I put my little green army men? See, while his were in, a, were in a case and they were always clean, like, I, I would duct tape firecrackers to mine. 
And I would get my mom's Aquanet and a lighter. And they would, they would undergo the, the flame torch from hell. Like my stuff had been through war and battle. But when I would look at mine and I would look at his, I was kind of envious for a moment that, wow, his is all clean and nice and presentable. But, you know, I started giving a little bit more thought to it. And I'm thinking, you know what? These things were never created to remain in their package. And I'm sorry, Dana. I apologize. I know this is going. You got all kinds of, you probably could buy a house with what it is that you have collected in your mint condition stuff and all that. You know, I'm sorry. This isn't like in a personal attack on you. But I have a hard time believing that any of that stuff was ever created so that it could remain in a package so that you could just pull it out at it every once in a while. And you're like, you got to keep it behind lock and key. And it's got its own special little room with the temperature that never goes above 72 and never below 65. Because one day it's going to be worth something. And guess what I learned from Dana? His wife wants him to sell it, but he's not ever going to sell it. And so it might be worth something to somebody, but he's just going to be able to pull it out every once in a while in the package, mind you. Dana, I'm sorry. Please don't tie me up in a ball and throw me out. But I'm telling you what, man. There's something about setting those things on fire and sawing off a leg every now and then. You know what I'm saying? There's something about being able to tell everybody my guy, he's been in the jungle for a few years. You know what I'm saying? He's got teeth marks from the dog. And I'm just saying that your life is to be lived out loud. And I'm telling you what, God can use the brokenness because he never intended for you to stay all clean. And like, listen, like he wants you, you are the righteousness of God. But your righteousness isn't in you. Come on, he can use a life that, is, that has been torched on fire, where your leg's been cut off, where you've experienced some stuff and some hardships that you even maybe even struggle with from time to time. I'm telling you what, God can use that life. And so does God speak to me? You better believe he speaks to me. And it's because he loves me and he loves you and he'll do the same to you. Amen. Can we give the Lord just a hand clap this morning? That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.